Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. You know, all I did was saunter around being sensual on stage. Was it just me in a nice tight dress? Well, it comes first if it comes down to it. My cervix still hurts from giving birth to you. I'm her life coach. If anybody knows David Diggs, please give him my information. <laughs> you can hire an agent and then go into the draft. Don't get drafted. You don't get your name called, but come back to school. But what if that school doesn't have a scholarship for you now? NFL botching the situation and bad back and forth with Donald Trump. Really, the NFL not taking care of their business and the NBA saying, we got it. I don't think the Spurs got weak. You still make the playoffs without Kawhi. But then you add an all-star. That day is I'm going to be in front of the television with the remote, all of my snacks. I'm not moving. Man, just shut up and be quiet. Wait until you get a job before you do that. They should ignore him and move Professor Nana Asare talking all things football, EPL, the English Premier League. I love this World Cup, Evan. I thought this was one of the more World Cup. I'll pick Tottenham. I don't know anything about him, but I'll just pick him. It is good for the MLS because it shows the MLS that it's able to attract big names. Why we kneel. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say. You got the walk home. Walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 67 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And we just keep rolling right along. So glad you found us. I want to remind you guys, I don't know how you found us, but we are available at all the platforms where you get your podcast. And we hope that we are part of your podcast menu. Since I started doing a podcast, I started listening to others and I found so many great podcasts out there, so many interesting podcasts. So I listen to various podcasts and I hope that I am a part of that menu for you and a part of your regular podcast consumption we certainly uh, want you to subscribe to like to really follow however you get us on soundcloud google play on itunes tune in anywhere you find a stitcher anywhere you find us uh, make sure you let us know where you're listening how you're listening and what you like and what you don't like well this episode we have a number of features for you and we have a special guest in addition to that biscuit is in the building and we will hear from kalina this episode you will hear what's new headlines also this or that Balling or falling, and in the second half of the show, we'll hear from Mark Gray. Also, why we kneel, the brand new segment that we implemented for Kalina. In addition to that, we will have the Lamont Award, and we will have birthdays. And before I let go, with that, let's bring in Biscuit and get this thing started. How are you, Biscuit? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. What's new? Uh, potty training my daughter and a dog at the same time, and it, coincidentally, they both crapped on my floor. Wow and wow. That's a lot of information to digest <laughs> yeah. real quick. Yeah. Who, who's doing better in the potty training, the, the new puppy or my niece? Ah, uh, that's hard to say. I think we're going to wait on, on, on your niece because uh, they're about to start. She's about to start school. And so preschool kind of daycare kind of thing. I don't want y'all thinking she's like six years old, still trying to be potty trained. But I don't know what is what is the age range. It's between two and three. That's usually when people start potty training. Between two and three. Yes. Well, my imaginary son, he he got it in eighteen months. So. 
but it was a hard process. I, I'm I not going to tell you it's easy. She was doing okay, you know, but and they tell you to let them run around without a diaper on and, you know, nothing on underneath. And uh, I, I just taken off the, the, the potty and and uh, she didn't do anything. And then I was I was doing something else. And then she runs in and she tells me, she says, uh, poo-poo potty, poo-poo potty. And I'm like, okay. She's like, no. She's like, Caleb up poop, which is Caleb. And so I go in there and there's poop on the floor in the middle of the living room sitting there right on the floor and i said abigail you pooped on the floor and she said no caleb up poop she blamed it on caleb she blamed it on Caleb. two years old and blame lying on her brother so it's 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 a lot a lot going on in my household right now it was three kids a dog and And yeah and a wife yeah so hands are full with that well you know it's a difficult week around here last night on saturday friday express did my three-hour tribute to aretha franklin That went well, and people from all over had a chance to hear that, and we got some positive feedback. Paying homage to the queen, and as I said last night, also played for my father. You know, that Aretha right. was our father's favorite, favorite artist, you know, so I had to give her her due. And I didn't just play the hits. I played. You dug into the crate. I dug deep into the crate, deeper in the crate than you played, you'll hear you, anywhere else. Did you play some of her, like, spirituals? I did. Okay, I played good. some spirituals. I played some of her jazz tunes. Oh, so. nice. Some of the blues stuff, and of course, you know all the uh, familiar songs that you are, uh, you know. Did you hear this, about the great story about her in Houston and the civil rights movement? No. She came here uh, in the '60s with uh, Martin Luther King with, at uh, Willow Avenue Baptist Church, yes. right around the corner. Uh, and Which they, our parents were a part of the civil rights. They were active and they marched and all those things. As yeah, well. yeah. My mom was the first white teacher at an all-black school. She was the first to integrate schools in in Houston, so that was cool. But uh, she Aretha Franklin came and was and this was before she was like a real big star. And she came and she was trying to get people out to rally, to do a civil rights rally. Martin Luther King was here with her as well. And it was too dangerous for Martin Luther King to go out in the streets. But uh, Aretha Franklin went with, with Pastor Lawson and uh, trying to drum up support for, for the civil rights movement here in uh, Houston. Yeah, well, I didn't catch that one, but I mean, I'm, there are tons of stories like that about her. You know, it was a big win in this whole situation with uh, with her passing. Who's Unlike, a, a winner? A winner in her passing? Well, I mean, when you hear me say this, you'll say, well, whoa, that's an unlikely win. So somebody threw out the name for a tribute of Tevin Campbell. and no. Why Tevin Campbell? Well... Whatever. I know you love Tevin no, Campbell. No, 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 but, but whatever the reason was, this is what happened yesterday. This is okay. this is how the world is is really, social media is crazy. So somebody said that, and some person, a blogger said, or a, a podcaster said, "What? who is that and what rock did they drag him out from under? When that happened, that unleashed the masses on that person. He was trending all day long. From that, Anna DuVernay said that she would cast him. He got love from everybody from top to bottom he doubled his followers on twitter i know what you're one of his followers right well i wasn't until now i didn't i didn't know where he was yeah i know you love you some tevin campbell oh yeah i enjoy it i mean last time i heard he was getting like arrested for trying to uh, no no that's not what it was what was it it doesn't matter i'm just saying this is the last i heard of tevin campbell right and and that's the last a lot of people heard and so but no he's been on broadway he's been writing He's been doing stuff, and now don't hate fan. on him because I'm not gonna have these people. I'm not hating on him. I'm I'm just not I a like big Tevin fan. Campbell. I know you love Tevin Campbell. I like, love that album. The, you love Tevin Campbell. I mean, no, it's not him. It's that one <laughs> you had, album. You had this. 
It was, and it ain't the one album everybody got. You got the second album with him with the fake braids. Right, that's back <laughs> that's, to the world. But you know, oh, who, you know the name of the album and everything. You that was. But you know who who was? I mean, I mean, you talking about Babyface, Rasan Patterson. Yeah, you had some some big time producers. You had a lot of money behind that. It it just didn't do as well. And I think you know, obviously, you know that was it. But I mean, it's still great music. I mean, he has some really good songs. Oh, but- Sam Smith came out the the singer, the you know, stay with me guy. He said he didn't like Michael Jackson. Everybody drug him for a little while. He said deservedly. He was, so. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you can't come out and say that. Um, yeah, and also, based he, on. yeah. So anyway, he's a big winner. You can look for him on your all right your television here. Congratulations, really, really soon. Evan Campbell. Uh, he's a talented guy. He's just that. I'm I, okay. I mean, he can sing all right, but I don't know what's going on. I with don't know life. what you're trying to say, but be careful here. <laughs> I'm not trying to say you anything. Last time he we heard from him, all he right, was, he was in trouble. Okay, for yeah. doing something that but I think I, yeah. Eddie Murphy did. It was the same thing. Like you know, it was was well, wasn't quite, and I know it. But we're we're gonna oh, leave you that. Oh, know the story. You yeah, I know the story. Right, what's the story? Tell us. No. no. <laughs> the other thing on here, you know, we broadcast from the campus to take. Well, partly, not all the time, but partly we uh, broadcast. Uh, I have my local show, the flagship on KTSU, which is uh, again KTSUradio.com. You could always catch the podcast as well. Uh, on the campus, James Harden doing his big weekend, his big charity weekend. He has a softball uh, softball game, charity softball game across the way here at okay. University of Houston. And he'll be at Texas Southern tomorrow uh, at the HMPE for a big celebrity basketball game. So that should be a whole lot of fun. Chris Paul doing his thing. So the NBA guys are making the rounds. How do, we, how do we feel about Chris Paul being such a Dallas Cowboys fan? How do we feel about that? I'm not happy about it. I would say I'm not surprised. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm not surprised, and I can tell you this: it changes nothing about my opinion of Chris Paul. Well, because you don't like him. Well, in the I first didn't. Place. I didn't. I never have said that. I've never. Right, well, come said on, man, that. say something. Be, make no, us take a stand no, on something. I, I, you love Tevin Campbell. We know that, but how do you feel about Chris Paul? I think Chris Paul is a uh, a talented and gifted basketball player, and I think that he does a tremendous job. Of leading the Houston Rockets. How about that? All right. All right. With that, State Farm commercials. I I can't stand the State. That I don't like the State Farm commercials. The first time, cool. Five six years in, I'm over it. You don't like the Rockets when all over with Trevor Reza? No. Oh no. No, It's no. Okay. Uh, With that, let's get into headlines. Well, a lot going on in the world of sports. Of course, preseason football well underway. Josh Gordon is back. Des Bryant this week comes into Cleveland, has a conversation, leaves without a contract. They say they're going to work some things out. I don't think it's going to happen now that Josh Josh Gordon is back. I don't think so either, and I think Josh, that's one of the reasons uh, Josh Gordon came back also because he's got slapped by his baby's mom, I don't know any other way to put it, for child support. So he's he's late no, on his child support I don't think payment. That, yeah, but I think that he – if you know the Josh Gordon story, if you read and don't understand, he has he has some serious, no, serious I, issues. No, I understand he's got and some serious so I don't issues. think that he could. I don't think anything like that would prompt him to come back. I think because his sobriety and his his mental health is such a delicate thing that I don't think he would rush back for external problems. Because when, when you're in those situations, I mean, you can get into a whole different conversation about that. But, but the, I mean, exter- external problems is what usually pushes you to the field. Like, you can go to the field, and that's all you have to worry usually, about. Usually, but he has deeper issues. I mean, I understand that. So I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's happening. Uh, John Elway said, hey, 
Colin Kaepernick had his shot to sign with us. That's We're not interested. stupid. I'm a big fan of John Elway, but this happened in 2016. He was going to make $12 million that year. John Elway wanted him to cut come and cut his salary to $7.5, 7 and this Offered him a bad deal. Yeah. Offered him a bad deal. And this was before he started kneeling. So don't try to say, oh, we tried to hire him and he, you know, he had his chance to play here. You brought Brock Osweiler back, who is horrible. His, you should hear his nickname in Houston. And it's and then, terrible. Yeah, he was not very always uh, the kindest to the, the Denver organization. And yet they brought him right back. Look, business is business. So Elway, nobody's really buying that excuse. But again, he has the total the party line, which is the NFL is not going to seemingly allow Colin Kaepernick back into the league. But that's but that, for him to come out and say that unprompted. Just it makes no sense. No, he wasn't unprompted. Somebody asked him about it, but I'm saying uh, because again, uh, Paxton Lynch is just garbage. Right. I mean, and, and so, that's who they drafted because mm, they couldn't get Colin Kaepernick to take a pay cut. So, so that's going on, and I mean, again, we have the "Why We Kneel" segment coming up uh, later in this episode with Kalina, and uh, she'll say this is a reason, one of the reasons why many, many people have are boycotting the NFL now. Of course, we're not, but she is, and, and she'll tell you why. And we're sympathetic to those who are boycotting. By the way, there was a sports bar here in the Greater Houston area that says that they are not going to purchase. And the NFL Sunday ticket because of the player kneeling, which come on, whatever. I don't, I don't believe that. They probably want to pay that exorbitant fee, but whatever. What do you have uh, the thing about Monday uh, Monday nights? How ESPN is not going to play the yeah the, Monday night football. They are not going to broadcast the national anthem, which I think that, that is the smart play. That's the sm- I, I I I think that I think look, that's, if, that's robbing them of their voice. They're robbing them of their protest. You're not giving them an opportunity to Do protest. You, but this was not a thing a couple of years ago. Like, people rocking. Even when Colin Kaepernick first sat down and took a knee, nobody knew that until it was reported after the game. The only time that I really would like to see the national anthem is the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't, you know, that's not, I mean, they play it at every game, but why? Do, usually they take that last commercial break when the national anthem takes place. And we do it on a broadcast with Texas Southern. We always, for the, the playing of the national anthem, because, again, if we're being respectful, we have to be quiet. And, we're not, you know, to sit there in silence for right. a minute and a half is not feasible. And same thing for television. Unless you have a high-profile celebrity or not, you know, Wilma from the bowling alley singing <laughs> the national anthem, that's not a part of a football uh, package. So I think that the move was a good move. It's smart. It's a business move. Why, if I am a corporate partner with the NFL, and I'm in this thing to make money, why would I want to make that an issue? I thought the media, has really in the ESPN and some of the others, have done a really major disservice to themselves by illuminating this situation because, again, you having people boycott on both sides. Right, but you don't make the story. You report what the story is if that's what your role is. If it's, it's, it's the... You know, if if your role is to be the media, then you report on what's going on. You don't. But they're hide not it. the you news don't... division. They they're here to produce a an entertainment product. The football is an entertainment product. I so understand. I don't that, but blame I mean, them but, for but that. But also, that. their whole their whole outset, their whole business plan is making sports news. 
That's what they report on. They have a whole uh, station called ESPN News. They report. They have stories on their website. They cover stories. They say top stories of the day. This is what they do, and they're shutting down a story. They 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 are, are they shut, not, I don't think they're they shutting are. it down because okay, they're not going to show it, so no one's going to know what's happening or what's going on. Oh, we'll know because legitimate news agencies will report those sorts of things. I, I think I think you're supp- you're suppressing a protest. You're suppressing the voices of those players and you're doing it on purpose and you're doing it to protect your pockets. And that's if you're going to be a news organization, that's but not right. Not, that's not freedom of speech. That's but those are two different things. ABC News and ESPN their broadcast of Okay, what does ESPN broadcast if, if not sports news? Sports. Sports, sports what? Period. Sports, sports entertainment. News. Sports news. I mean, let's, let's get into what's news. If somebody pulls a hamstring, is that news or is that part of an entertainment, your entertainment? I mean, again. It's news. It's news as far as, I mean, if Kim, Car- if Kim Kardashian has a wardrobe malfunction and it's all over Yahoo, I mean, apparently that's news. I think you you are missing the boat on, on this. Look, how, mean, much, how, much do you, how much do they pay for rights fees? Billions of dollars. They're going to get that money back. That's why they pay for it. But, it's an investment. But again, if, uh, if viewership is down, they sell fewer. Ad- they get less money for the ad. This is a business decision. This is a, a conglomerate. This is right. a, is building into a trust. A trust where they can manipulate the news that's disseminated. They can manipulate who has access to, to things that are going on in the game. And if they're going to suppress that, that's not right. That's just I not right. I disagree. I don't think that that's I a think wrong. Looking at it I as think a, the NFL should have done this long ago. And again, but allowed, the NFL is not doing it. Uh, okay. The NFL is not making that decision. I, I'm sure that the conversations have been held to say, think about it. They have they put a gag order on all the owners. They're not. And they you have can not. Do that. We you can cannot, do that. Let me finish. They are not responding to Donald Trump. It's all quiet on the Western Front. No punishment will be will take place with any of the players. So they are free to do whatever they want to do. They're not happy about it, but they're not going to punish these guys. The rules are in place to appease the folks who are the the MAGA people, but they are not going to punish people who don't stand for the pledge, and that appeases their workforce. So they they're trying to walk a tightrope. And I best believe that's a part of those conversations. I understand that, but you're talking about two different things. You're talking about two different entities. You're talking about the NFL, and you're also talking They're about partners. It. They are partners, but it, the ESPN broadcasts their games. Why? Because that's part that lines up with their branding and what they what they do. They are sports news. They report on sports stories. They have reporters. It's called news. When you read the newspaper, there's a sports section because it has news in it. This news organization is suppressing, is self-censoring because they don't like what's the what the message is. They don't want to affect their money. And so now you look so at So now the, you don't print stories that you don't like if you're the newspaper? Oh, don't think that that doesn't happen in certain markets. And that's not and right. Do, look at look at this market. Look at Houston. Look at the people who are on the radio stations that are the flagship of the Texans. The tone and the conversation, they don't, there's certain things they will not talk about because they are in bed with the Texans. So Is what, that what, right? Is that right? Do I have to be happy about that? You don't have to be happy about it, but it's not wrong. It is wrong. Th- so if you're could, a news organization and you're suppressing the truth because you don't like it, that's wrong. You're it's not suppressing the truth. You're not saying it didn't happen. Understand, it's never been a part of the broadcast before. It's only been a bro- part of the bro- regular season games. How much did you ever see the national anthem? And really, for the late games in the NFL, you still don't see it because they joined the games in progress. 
Yeah, I, I think you do see that. Nah, I, I you, can't. I can't quite. I, honestly, I can't quite remember exactly. But, and that's because but, it was never important before. Okay, but if it's not important, why talk about it? Why say okay, we're not going to showcase the national anthem? Why come out and say that? I'm sure that it was a part of whatever, whatever the statement was, whatever the the release was. Hey, it's saying that okay, yeah, moving forward, that's not going to be an issue for us. We're not going to show it. Like I said, I don't think it's right. I think it's the prudent play. Now that doesn't prevent, and I think guys should still, if you, if it's on your heart to protest, continue to protest. But I'm saying, if if it's my business, Chris Collins were Mike Tirico or and and these guys, this this is not, uh, you know, Wolf Blitzer or whomever. You name your news person. There are no more Walter Cronkite. Cronkite. Well, name your news person. These are not those guys. These guys are just simply there to uh, illuminate and celebrate football, so everybody can be happy and they can make money. If you start, to, and I've said this for a long time, a lot of the problems with some of the lack of popularity is because with this 24-hour news cycle, a lot of guys in journalism and sports entertainment and, and sports media, they got into the model of tearing guys down. Let, let's, let's dig up the dirt. And what you do over time is you erode people's passion for the guys. You don't like the guys anymore. Oh, you like, oh, he's this kind of guy. He's not a nice guy. He got a DWI. He had marijuana. And what happens over time is people kind of pull away. And he, like, there's so, a narrative. Uh, so is ESPN going to stop running those stories because they don't like them? Because they, they look bad? They make the players look bad? Are they going to stop running those stories? No, of course Boston not. is different from the broadcast. Of a football game. Okay, but you don't know the difference. But but you don't think ESPN is going to broadcast what happens on Monday Night Football? Yes, they will. But during that broadcast, how many people you heard say black, white, green say, "Look, I don't care about that. I just want to watch the games." A lot of people say, even like even Tillery said, "Look, I wait till all that's over. When it's kickoff, then I turn the game on because they don't want to hear all of that." I understand that, and that's their option, and that's their prerogative. But for those people who do want to hear, who do want to see, who when you see it is way more powerful than when you hear about it. And the people at ESPN know that images are powerful. That's why they're in the business. That's why they're there to make money. Whenever you whenever you're censoring a message you don't like because it may and you're part of the press and this is supposed to be free press, you know, freedom of speech kind of thing. And you are actively suppressing the speech of someone else. That is oppression. It is. And that's manipulation. You're manipula- I, I manipulating the, you the, are, the narrative. You are, do not understand why they broadcast football games. Why do they broadcast football games? What do you, to, to bring more money to their brand. It's ESPN. They want all sports. They want they want to. They want women's cricket if they could get it. They want sports. That's what they want. And to, to Why have do, that, well, and because they make money off of sports. Exactly, it's but that, a product. A game. A game is a product, okay. and, and it's a it's about presentation. If something at the at the first minute and a half of this product is creating a situation where you have people on both sides of an issue turning away from that game and hurting your revenue, then guess what they're gonna do. It's a different thing, but we see it with the Oscars. Oscars now want to, that you're getting a popularity award now for one of them. And they're saying that it's going to be a solid three hours. It's not going to go long. It's going to be a solid three hours, nothing on. 
Because they understand it's a television show. That Football is totally games are television shows. That is totally different. It's you, not. It, you, because you, you're talking about ESPN. What do ESPN, what does ESPN do at halftime? They kick it to their halftime show. Where's their halftime show? It's, it's you know, usually the guys, it used to be Chris Berman and all those guys doing the halftime show who work for ESPN, who during the week report on stories at ESPN. They are one in the same. They are one entity. They, they want it to be that way. They want it to seem that way. They don't want that to be this is the news division and this is the sports division and they, they no we have belabored this but I'll give you one mingle. final you're not gonna see it my you're not gonna see it for what it is I see it for what At it is Anderson, I just don't think it's right Anderson Cooper mm-hmm. Anderson Cooper CNN he is a news reporter right of course he also hosts the New Year's Eve thing right okay. where they dropped the ball it used to be with Kathy Griffin uh-huh. sold her Two, out well that's a different <laughs> well yeah he did but Separate issues. But, but do you yeah, can't fight? <laughs> so, do you understand that when they produce the New Year's Eve thing, mm-hmm. it's different from what he reports day in and day out? Those are two different things. Okay, but, if, why, if, do, if why, but do, why do they use him, though? They use him because he's popular and he. Uh, for what? What is he popular for? He's popular because he's a reporter He and he he's, you know, he's done great work. But he so, also so, is sort of. So, if something happens. At, at the New Year's Eve thing, somebody gets shot or some major thing happens. He's not going to talk about it on CNN. Then the show, the he's show, not going to talk about it on CNN. Then the show is over and we go to breaking news. So now it won't be like, well, somebody got shot, but when we come back, that is such we a- was here from Christine Aguilera. No, that's when the show ends. That's like if somebody got shot at a football game. That is such some, a narrow view. Uh, no, uh, such a, I just uh, think that you don't understand. No, I understand. This. I think you are just simplifying it too much. You, you're you not looking deeper into this thing. And, and, I see and, it. And, and I, I, I know why. It. You got your rose-colored glasses on. It's the NFL. You no. just want to enjoy the game no. and all that. You don't want all this drama. I understand it. I get it. But that's not right. When you're censoring a message you don't like, because you think it's going to affect your bottom line and you are a news organization, that's not right. However, whatever else you put on your your television show, I mean, whatever you put on your station, if you're still if you are a news organization and you're suppressing news because you don't like it, that's censorship. That's oppression. That's exactly what it is. Well, we will agree to disagree on this. You're not suppressing their right to do whatever. The NFL is trying to suppress their right to do it. You, that, but you're the suppressing NFL, people's access to it. Uh, okay, but okay. If you want to find it, you can find it. You'll you can be able to find out. I just think that this part is a smart business decision, and I think that from a business standpoint, why would so anyway? Okay, let's go one, to a one segment. Last one last thing: the nineteen seventies uh, Olympic thing, right? When they held up John Carlos and them hung up sixty eight. Sixty eight. Oh, you you got to know that. Bro. You got to know see, that. See. see? Held up the black fist, right? right. The, the, what if nobody ever saw that? What if nobody ever saw it? And I, what if it wasn't broadcast and I probably, over America? And I probably can tell you that it, it probably wasn't broadcast live. Now, I was not alive in 1968, so I don't know. But it, it probably was not broadcast live. I'm sure that probably at that time, depending on what time it was, it was it, it, all the presentations were... But, but, but what were, if no one ever saw it? I understand. But again, it wasn't the job of the people who brought the, bought the rights to the Olympics if they, to now, do that today, they if you have the rights, you have the rights. So for anybody else to put that out there, okay, okay. Hold, gonna, on, hold on, okay. What's the going to, no, gonna, no, hold on, hold on. Man, I, we, I want people to know because people don't know. Twenty-eight minutes into this thing, man. I understand, but people don't understand. We gotta move on. Uh, people don't understand that the NFL has rights over what is what comes out of those games. Let's go to a segment that we call this 
or that. The choice is yours. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this. This is where I give Biscuit a choice between two entities, teams, players, situations, and he tells me this one or that one. First up, the better defense in 2018. Will it be the Los Angeles Rams or the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think it's going to be the Jaguars uh, simply because of the division they play in. They face the Texans, which you don't know what you're going to get with Deshaun Watson coming off injury, uh, Andrew Luck coming off injury, uh, the Titans, their situation. They have a brand-new coach. So I think as far as the conference is concerned, they're not going to face a whole lot of high-powered offenses in the first place. And so I think that's they're, they're going to benefit from that. Now, on the other side, the Rams, they play in the, the West. You're going against – Russell Wilson, you got Garoppolo in that league. You also had the Cardinals uh, with their resurgent offense. So on the Rams side, they're going to play a, a lot of higher echelon as far as offensive in their division. I think they'll. I think Jaguars will be able to uh, lead the league in defense. Well, last year in total defense, the Rams were 19th. Jacksonville was number two. But when you add some of the pieces like Aqib Tlaib and, and other pieces, the problem right now is Rams still don't have Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald in camp. And that's a big, big deal. I think the better defense will probably be the Rams if you get Aaron Donald back, if he actually plays this year, which I think he will. But I, once that deal gets done and you have him back and you shore up uh, the back end of your defensive secondary, I think when you talk about the Rams and that back end with Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters and, of course, the they got Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald on the front side, oh, man, I'm, I, I will lean towards the Los Angeles Rams. Remember, Deshaun Watson is healthy for two games versus Jacksonville. Andrew Luck is back versus Jacksonville. And, again, Tennessee is a team that a lot of people are talking about for the Super Bowl. Next up, Rookie of the Year, Saquon Barkley or Baker Mayfield, this or that? I would go with Saquon Barkley because he's going to get more touches. They're saying that Baker Mayfield is going to be behind Tyrod Taylor. coming, So he's, he may not play at all, if not to the third or fourth or fifth or sixth game. So I think Saquon Barkley, he's already shows his, his explosiveness. Had a little tweaks. Hopefully he's okay. But he's an exciting player. He, he showed that he can do it. Friend of mine met him at the airport, so I think he's going to have a great year. Because a friend of yours met him at the airport. Yeah, yeah. and he was nice. He was a nice guy. By that logic, okay. No, I mean, but uh, obviously <laughs> everything he did in college and the third night no, no, run know. he had in the preseason, <laughs> yeah. he's an explosive player. He's going to get more touches. He's going to give more opportunity than Baker Mayfield. So obviously. I mean, you know what? As much good talk as they are having about Baker Mayfield, he may break into the lineup sooner rather than later. I like the fact that they want to keep him on the bench all year long. But if Hugh Jackson gets the feeling the heat or the GM or owner says this is the move we're going to make, that's the move they're going to make. And if that will excite the fan base, think about this. Cleveland has everything going for it right now. First of all, LeBron is gone, so now you can take that, uh, you know, that attention is off of the Cavs. They know mm -hmm. the Cavs are going to be bad. Now you got hard knocks. You got Baker Mayfield. It's a, it, you know, it's a new energy. You have uh, Landry coming over from Miami. Jarvis Landry. Yeah, man. And, that, and you put in with a healthy Josh Gordon with his mind in the right place. This team can put in work. The the Njoku, the, the tight end is, mm -hmm. is outstanding. So this team has a lot going for it. But if they stumble out of the gate and they lose three or four games in a row, then all of a sudden it's like, wah, wah, yeah, same, same old Brown. Let's put in Baker. Baker Mayfield. 
So he may get in sooner rather than later, but if I had to pick today, I would agree with you. Saquon Barkley would be the guy. This is sort of a judgment of uh, John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. Which team is more likely to be 10-6 and six at the end of the year? Now, Kansas City was 10-6 and six last year. Got rid of Alex Smith, brought in Pat Mahomes. He's in the second year, but essentially he's a rookie. He didn't right. play at all last year. Oakland, new coach, new attitude. Who, which one of those teams in that division will be more likely to be 10 and 6. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think the Raiders have have, have a they have a, a quarterback in Derek Carr who's proven. Patrick Mahomes, you don't know what he's going to get. You, you don't know what you're going to get on that side. Although, did you see that touchdown that 69 yard he threw last night? Yeah, but I also saw Woo! the first game where he looked horrible. So, I know, I know. that's the kind of thing you get with a second year player who's never really played. He played a little bit at the end of the year. Uh, but he has no real experience. No, uh, no one's got an opportunity to game plan for him. So, I think he's going to struggle, honestly, uh, and I think Derek Carr is just going to keep the keep the uh, keep the train rolling. If Mac, if they can get Mac back into the fold and get their contract straightened out, I think the Raiders are going to be in a good good spot. Well, you talk about adding Jordy Nelson and Martavis Martavis Bryant from Pittsburgh. They have some good pieces, but Kansas City, man, I love Tariq Hill. I love what they were able to do on the ground. Uh, of course, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. It's just that, I'm again, I really, really question the move that they made at this point. And by taking a proven guy like Alex Smith, who may not excite you and had not shown that he could take you to the next level, right. you are wasting some crucial years here for this kind of talent on this team. I, I don't know. I just think that that's not a good move. But I think Andy Reid, I believe more in Andy Reid than I do in Gruden. And I think that Why? I will go. Why? Gruden's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, but with Tony Dungy's team. And, and again, but he still won it. You know, well. Again, Andy Reid. How many is it Super Bowls he has? None, but but oh, again, okay. you know, but he's he's a he's a guy that gets there. And again, had they been I, out Gruden of the first has been out of the game. How long has been Gruden been, been out of the game? That, but how, how many times they've been out of the first round with the Chiefs? How many times have been out of the first round? Right, it's been a minute. Okay. Yeah, but he uh, had success in Philadelphia. Yeah, he did. If With Donovan McNabb doesn't throw up, they win this. Oh, football. come on. So, anyway, yeah. let's go to our next segment, which is balling or balling. This is sort of a repeat version of this. And we I got three champions on here, on okay. this list. And we're going to go through each one of them and see if to tell me if they are balling or falling. New England getting back to the Super Bowl. Are they balling or falling? I think they're falling. I keep on falling. Because the rift between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is becoming more and more apparent. Uh, they don't have anything on the defensive side of the ball. They they lost Julian Edelman. Uh, I think they're going to struggle. They they played the Texans, the home team, first week. Going to take that L, fan out for a little bit. Um, but I think that they're, 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 they're falling. Uh, for me, I think they are falling in that the teams in other divisions are getting better or and I think will play better. When you think about you look across the landscape of the AFC day, if you took New England and that's what I try to tell Kevin Allen, you took them out of the AFC last year, who would have been your favorite? You wouldn't you would have struggled. You could have made a case for Kansas City. Could have made a case for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. You could have made a case for a couple of other teams to get in there and make something happen if you don't but no definitive number two team. Right. And I think in their division, look, they they will uh, they may have home field advantage again. In that division, you have Miami. No real signs of life that I think. And when you lose Landry and some of the other things that have happened, Buffalo. Kidding me? Josh Allen gonna beat New England twice. <laughs> the Jets. 
again, Sam Darnold, right. Teddy Bridgewater, no. So it's their division. So they start with six wins. So let's just say they start with six wins. Give yeah. me four, four or five more wins, and let's see what, you know, out of the la- the other 12 games, give me four or five <laughs> wins out of that, and I got home field advantage all, you know, all the way through. By this time, I could develop a team. I don't think they're going to go because I think Pittsburgh is going to be better, I hope, or Jacksonville. Right. Or maybe a couple other teams that can jump up there and do something. So uh, we'll have to see on that. Tiger Woods winning a major. Balling or falling? Balling. He's balling. I mean, he's got, what, like three or four top top ten finishes this year? I mean, already? And he was in the hunt. Uh, the for the PGA Championship, yeah, the PGA man. It was, and he didn't even hit a fairway into the to the back nine. He didn't was, even hit a fairway, and he came in second. That was must-see television. And that was so exciting. I I was thrilled by it. I had so much fun watching that. It was incredible. And I I can't wait to the Masters next year. Now, a lot of stuff is going to take place between now and then. He'll be a little bit older. He has that winner. You know, the older guys, he'll lose a few more heads. Um, but, you know, so but he will collect the check or he'll compete for one. With the uh, winner take all thing, he can and get then the his FedEx Cup is coming up. He can get his hairline time. fixed, you know, like Safari and and Tiger. You know, you heard about that? And LeBron. And LeBron. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear about the Nicki Minaj Safari beef? No, we'll have to save okay. that. One. Okay, we'll have to hold yeah. on to that one. So, but yeah, Tiger. I think that Tiger is going to win it. Uh, he's got a chance to 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 win in that. Which that one playoff. will it be? Will it be the British, the the PGA, the U.S. Open, or the Masters? Which one will it be? I think it'll be the Masters. I think he he'll, he loves the Masters. He's he dominated there once before. I think he'll get on a hot streak from Thursday, and he'll lead all the way, bring it all. I the way would home. like to see him come from behind, but I I'm I'm like you. I think he's balling. I think that he has one, maybe two more majors. He won't kiss Jack, but what does that he mean? Might. Man, he huh? might. He might, man. He's yeah, looking that's, that's awesome. A, well, yeah, but again, with you the kind one. of injuries he's just – I know, but if you get one, this is golf, man. This ain't nothing else. This is golf. You you can pay to you almost 80 years old. Yeah, yeah. but not at no, a super high level like that. Yeah, but so, he still got it. Well, finally, the Astros repeating. Are their chances balling or falling? With all the injuries, with Oakland only being one game back in the AL West – they're going up against them, uh, a series against them this week. This weekend, it's going to be tough unless they get some guys healthy and get their bullpen straight now. I think so. They and are. They are falling. I keep so on I falling. think they are falling too, but not necessarily because of the division. I think they have September to right the ship and get those those bodies back. Altuve and Springer. Springer will both be big parts. So they're they're back, so they'll be fine. Uh, I think, be, but the problem is Boston. Boston is the truth, and people are sleeping on Cleveland, although Trevor Bauer has a stress fracture. He'll be out four to six weeks, but what Boston is doing is incredible. So I'm hoping, and I believe that, the, hey, never underestimate the heart of a champ, because hey, and I am a Houstonian, so I'm hoping, but right now, I'm like you. I think they are falling. With that, going to take time out here. Word from our sponsor and from our guy, DJ Malone. Our personal DJ. This is our in-house DJ for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Coming up in the second half, Mark Gray joins us. Why we kneel. 
the Lamont Award birthdays. And before I let go, this is episode 67 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Damn, DJ Malay. I go by the name of Boat, aka D-Boy Fresh. And right now with the DJ who plays all of his Chicago's on DJ Malone. Welcome back to episode 67 of Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And as promised, joined now by veteran broadcaster and journalist Mark Gray. Mark with a K, Gray with an A. And uh, of course, he's involved in many things and writer for the African American News. In addition to that, he does a lot with the, the Shadow League and all around the D.C., uh, Baltimore area, right? Did I miss yep, anything? That's me. That's me. Well, hey, you, of course, we like you a lot, so we, uh, we want to visit with you whenever we can. And you're in the epicenter of a lot of things that are going on in the world of football. I want to start, and I don't want to get too deep into this because I do want to visit with you again before we get into the NFL season. But what are your thoughts so far of camp for both of the teams uh, in uh, that area? Uh, I'm talking about the Ravens and the Redskins. What, have you, what are you observing? What are you seeing? If you want to talk about the burgundy and gold on this end of the parkway, I have to say that over the last three to four years, the talent pool has gotten a lot better. They're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. They've done a good job. Doug, Doug Williams uh, overseeing the last couple of drafts as uh, vice president of player personnel has done a great job of upgrading the talent. I mean, they're going to be guys who are cut from this team that will be picked up by other teams which is a mark of a team or a franchise that's doing a better draft and particularly in the later rounds. They've got a couple sleepers from HBCU. Danny Johnson, cornerback out of Southern, is beginning to stand out amongst a lot of people in camp. Martez Carter is slowly but surely making highlights, and I'm of the opinion that if they give the kid a chance and stop with this nonsense that, you know, he's going to be on the practice squad, he's from the SWAC, he doesn't know how to play football, that he could be as vital a contributor in Washington as Tariq Cohen was in Chicago last year. I think the defense is going to be better. You know, you got Jonathan Allen with a first-round pick. Last year, they took another first-round Alabama offensive lineman, uh, excuse me, defensive lineman uh, in the first round of this year's draft. You do lose Darius Geisel, 
I think the burgundy and gold is going to be as good as they are running the football, quite frankly. they got to average at least three and a half to four yards per carry. If they can do that, I think they're a factor in the NFC East. Uh, if not, it'll be seven and nine, six and ten, and perhaps we're talking about a new uh, head football coach around here uh, next year. Then you look on the north end of the parkway, Ravens are nice. They still got question marks at the receiver position, but Flacco's healthy, and I'm not the biggest fan of Marty Moore and Wick and the way that he calls the game. I just don't think that his offensive philosophy and the way that Joe Flacco's game projects out match for each other. Flacco is not a three-step drop, get the ball out of his hand, check down pass. He's a home run hitter. He's more Dan Pastorini, you know what I'm saying? I love you blue reference. Yeah, than he is Warren Moon. Well, uh, in auto, I mean, Pastorini w- wasn't chopped liver. He wasn't Warren Moon by no, any stretch, but, but, but yeah. But he was a big-time long ball thrower, and Warren Moon made all the pass. Joe Flacco is more of a Pastorini type, you know what I'm saying? He's going to throw that ball down the field, and he was going to let Kenny Burrow and Billy White, Johnson run under it, whereas more. Warren Moon was going to distribute that ball to Drew Hill, Haywood Jeffries, no, Curtis man. Duncan, Harris, Ernest, Giving, uh, Ernest Givens, Ernest Givens, yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. So all, you know, dudes, so everybody, everybody seemed to get super, super excited about Lamar Jackson, and a couple things with that dynamic. A, are we overlooking RG three as maybe a sub for a underperforming Joe Flacco? I, or would they go straight to Lamar Jackson? Are we? Did we? Are we premature in crowning Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Well, it depends on what you're going to crown him. If you're going to crown him as a starter, yeah. If you're going to crown him as the number two, maybe not. I mean, you don't take a first round pick and sit him on the back of the bench. I mean, RG three would be the perfect stopgap in the event that somewhere between weeks number one and eight, there's an injury with Flacco. But Lamar's definitely a work in progress. He's got some accuracy issues, but he's such a dynamic playmaker that if you're able to put him in the type of packages that Houston was able to use, say, Deshaun Watson in last year, a lot of those RPOs, those run-pass option things, I think he flourishes. And I don't know if Baltimore has those packages in their offense offense, given that Moorway is married to the West Coast offense, and I don't know if that's the best offense for Mar Jackson. So, again, Baltimore is evolving, but the defense should be better and faster. They should have found a way to clean up their problems at the cornerback position. And in the middle of the field is going to be the question for them. They're going to be as good as that defense is up the middle. Middle linebacker, C.J. Mosley, uh, whatever they do at the safety position, they haven't been able to figure out a way to take away the middle of the field. And that's what made them so great from Ray Lewis and every we're in the middle of the field. They forced everything to the perimeter so that you had the nickel and dime your way down the field. And then once they got you inside the red zone, you were forcing it, you got the point. Ravens give up a lot of big plays now on blown coverages. And again, their coaching staff is on the hot seat as well. But I like I like where the Ravens are in the AFC North. And uh, I think they've got better chances anybody, particularly with Big Ben dinged up a little bit. You never know how long it's going to take for Le'Veon Bell to get his legs under him. Baltimore's a factor in the AFC North, and if they can win in the AFC North, get to the playoffs, 
they're going to be uh, tough out if they stay healthy. I, I think the Ravens are in a lot better position than they've been over the last three years. And Washington is in a position where they can take that next step to be a contender, or they can be back amongst the top five picks in the draft. It's hit or miss in D.C. So let me ask you this for outside outside of the Beltway. Do people, I mean, do they go back and forth? Do they like both teams, or is it one or definitely the other? Well, let me ask you this. Do people in Houston like the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> you have a lot of hate for the Dallas Cowboys down there. A lot of hate. But we have too many, too many Dallas Cowboy fans in the greater Houston area. But, yeah, rarely do you find somebody that, that really likes both. Although the Texans fans are a lot more passive than, say, the, the former Oilers fans were. When the Oilers were here, it was much, much more of an intense hatred for the Cowboys or a either-or. I think these new New fans waver just a little bit, although there's a lot of hate for Dallas down here. Is it the same in in, in the Beltway? Well, let's just say that your Burgundy and Gold apologist is your Burgundy and Gold apologist, and your Raven fan is your Raven fan. It's no cut cards either way. You either like one or you don't. I'm just one of those hybrid people that had to spend time on each side of the parkway. So I grew up as part, you know, Redskins part, Colt fan, and I care about both sides of the parkway, so I may be a little different, but uh, no, nah, there ain't no jumping on the bandwagon, pulling for uh, teams on either side of the parkway. True Raven fan wants to see the demise of the Redskins every year. It's kind of like uh, you know Longhorn fan, pretty much like that here in this area, and I think it will pretty much be the same way when you know real true love your blue fans in the building. They would love nothing more to see anybody on any given day, uh, even if it was a team in the division, beat the Cowboys to a pulp. I want to ask you your thoughts on Kirk Cousins. And, I, I mean, he got kind of a raw deal from the Redskins and that they never committed to him. But I don't know that you ever really wanted to commit to him. Now you bring in a – I won't say a game manager because that's turned into an insult in the game of football. But you bring in Alex Smith. But I, just before we get into Smith, uh, what do you think of Kirk Cousins? Is Minnesota – are they right to invest so much in him thinking that he can get them to the next level? Wow. There's so many layers to that question. All right. First off, Kirk Cousins – put up big numbers and look really good. And when you get franchise tag two years in a row and you make in the neighborhood of $50 million, you know, give or take, it's hard to feel bad for you. That being said, I don't think that the organization truly ever thought of him as a winner. I don't think they ever thought of him as a franchise quarterback. And you look at his inability to rally the troops around him, I don't think he was. Um, now, this team needed that, that alpha male, that Russell Wilson type in the huddle that could galvanize the troops that wouldn't make the big mistake inside the red zone, that would take the chance on the long ball when it was available down the field. And that's something that Cousins did not do. And he, he got to the point where it alienated Jay Gruden. It also got to the point where it alienated some folks in the locker room. And there were people in the locker room who actually felt as though Cousins was game managing and not taking chances that were available for him to take chances when they were out there to make big plays for fear of making a mistake. And it cost them in critical situations. And the irony is you add a guy who got replaced for the same reasons in Kansas City. Well, I think Alex Smith 
His problem was in Kansas City more Andy Reid. Andy Reid has a pension to get away from the running game when he needs to get into the running game. And for some reason, you know, he didn't learn from his mistakes in Philadelphia. And I think that would have helped Alex Smith out a lot, a true commitment to the running game instead of his tension for the passing game. And he, too, is a lot like Marty Moore. Where, and after a while, I don't think that that really played to his strengths. So, It'll be interesting to see how Washington goes from less West Coast to more RPO as well with Alec at the quarterback position. But to your point about Cousins, there's a leadership factor that you got to have when you're alpha male. And I'm just wondering, does he have that? We're going to find out in Minnesota. They have a defense. They have a running game which are two things Washington did not have. He's got better receivers, and he's now got the warm and fuzzy with him. Everything is in place for him to take the next step. Kirk Cousins is on him now. All the distractions are gone. You do have your long-term security. You're being paid like a franchise quarterback. Heck, you are a franchise quarterback now. He got to get it done. And quite frankly, Devin, the last two seasons inside December, he had a chance to get it done. And in big moments, he folded. I'm anxious to see whether or not he plays big in those big moments in the AFC North. I mean, excuse me, NFC North. Can he look Aaron Rodgers in the eye and not blink? Can he beat Mitch Trubisky in Chicago? Can he beat Matt Stafford in Detroit? Those are questions that I still have about Kirk Cousins. You know, he's he, he in many respects, is that really hot girl from across the room. You take her out, you get to know her a little bit, you like her a whole lot. But would you wife her? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. And Minnesota's married to Kirk Cousins right now. I hope things work out. Well, I want to shift gears uh, really quickly. Uh, it's been an exciting summer of baseball, at least in part because the All-Star Game, Major League All-Star Game coming, and Bryce Harper and what he did and the, the home run derby and all of that. A lot of people uh, really sort of fell back in love with him. The Nats are five and a half games back. Uh, do they make a run at the wild card? Uh, five and a half back think, in the wild card, seven games back in the division. But the bottom line is, no, they won't. And, you know, it's going to be a wonderful run. But barring, you know, a catastrophic nightmare is finished by the Braves. And it remains to be seen if Acuna Jr. can come back from the beanball um, that he took the other night in the ATL. But the Nationals, and it's not quite Bryce Harper's fault. All last offseason, we heard about how bad a bullpen manager that Dusty Baker was. And what's failing the Nationals right now, guess what? They're bullpen. So was it really Dusty or was it Mike Rizzo not putting the right pieces in place for the bullpen to continue? Now, Bryce has had his ups and his downs. His uh, home run derby performance was phenomenal. It was, one of the, it was one of the best sports events I'd ever seen. I mean, to just give you some perspective, Devin, we're out there in the uh, auxiliary press box, and I'm talking to one of the local uh, TV sports anchors, and she's falling asleep. <laughs> and uh, we were just so bored out there at the uh, home run derby. And then all of a sudden, Bryce wakes up, and so she and I are talking. I'm like, this is not the dunking contest. You know, you, you, you can't even compare. And then it got electric in that room with Bryce Harper 
hitting those home runs. I just don't think he carries to the team this year, man. I just don't think that they have enough starting pitching. And what's sad about this deal is the cornerstones to the franchise were supposed to be Steven Strasburg and Bryce Harper. They invested in Strasburg. He hadn't been able to stay healthy, just coming back off the disabled list. And now Bryce Harper has been inconsistent as best. I don't think that the, 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 the problems that face the Nationals are by Bryce Harper, but I don't know if you can pay him $30 million a year. Yeah, that was my next question. A $300 million player right now. So you got some young players, you know, that kid Soto is for real. And they got a couple of other guys that are coming up from the minors. I got to tell you, man, if they walk, the Nationals are going to be about as good as they are right now next year, even without Bryce Harper. So, there will be interesting decisions made down in Southeast. I would like to see Bryce comes back because one thing as a baseball fan, you just want to make sure the best player on your team gives it to you every inning, every night out. You say what you want about Bryce Harper. That's something that he does, man. Kind of like Altuve down there in Houston. Yeah. He's worth the price of admission, dude. And, um, so if they come up a little short, I don't think it's fault. I think that there's a lot of scapegoating, and I think that Dusty Baker got a raw deal. And, um, you know, karma is real in sports. What do they say? You'd rather be lucky than good. Yes, sir. And uh, Nationals haven't gotten any breaks this year. To me, that's just a personification of bad karma after blaming the wrong guy for a team not being successful during the postseason last year. Hey, well, with that, I know we got to get out of here. A couple quick things, and I want to specifically get with you again in the next couple of weeks on the Jordan McNair issue at uh, Maryland uh, with DJ Durkin. I know that that's something that's really important for you, and I'm going to designate some time specifically to talk about that. Uh, in addition to that, how, we have a, a Texas Southern kid, my flagship, Texas KTSU, Texas Southern kid, Darvin Kitsy. Uh, uh, let's hope that he can make the practice squad down there for, for your Redskins. Put in a good word with uh, our Texas Southern guy Tony Wiley down there. I, I'm sure Tony could whisper something into Jay Gruden's ear, but I don't know if I got to kind of choose some T. Wiles anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but to your point about Jordan McNair, it's the worst tragedy that the University of Maryland has seen since Lynn Bias. And when this story is fully uncovered, and I say that because I have no problems making a statement that there is a massive cover-up going on, or there was a massive cover-up. And when you look at the amount of money Maryland's paid in these independent investigators to get to the bottom of this, for three ESPN reporters to do it in a fraction of the time speaks volumes about something heinous that was going on, bro. So... While on the one hand, it is a horrific tragedy, the likes of which I wouldn't want any parent or anybody to have to go through to lose your son when you didn't have to lose him because of what I'm being, Mark Gray, that is, criminal negligence by the training staff, criminal negligence. And I'm talking about to the level of vehicular manslaughter. I don't know what's worse. If that happens... Or the fact that you cover it up, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, hands yeah. have got to roll. Money's got to be paid. There's going to be massive reforms. And they're going to have to be massive reforms that are going to indirectly affect college football. And it'll be interesting to see how the kids respond on September 1st 
Maryland opens up in the home of the Skins against the University of Texas. And you know Texas would love nothing more than to come up here and make amends for last year's yeah, loss. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting, but the, the sad commentary on the state of affairs that, you know, sometimes the crime is as bad as this one was, is not as bad as the cover-up. This cover-up is beginning to look heinous, and uh, I, w- I would encourage your listeners to watch how as a series of events unfold, because the family has already said to the school, we're not taking a settlement until you fire DJ Durkin. That says a lot. That means that uh, you consider the school is already taking moral and uh, accountability for the death of the young man, and then they offer up a number, and the people say no. Let you know that um, Tanya Wilson, who was my high school classmate, who graduated in 1984 from Walbert High in Baltimore, Joy McNair's mom. So when her family, through all their pain and grief, say no to a number, and they're like, we're not accepting anything until Durkin is fired, you know, it looks like Maryland's trying to pay them to go away. And uh, they didn't buy into it. So there's a bigger cause that's going on here right now. And as ugly as it is, I think we're only beginning to scratch the surface. Hey, how can folks get to you on social media and and see and hear more of you? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Sports Groove. we got podcasts on com right now. I'm talking to uh, David Steele from the Sporting News, who I might add, is a great writer and a graduate of the University of Maryland. So that was posted on um, yesterday. And um, it's really disheartening set of events. And, um, you know, I reached out to uh, the McNair legal staff Friday, as well as the, um, you know, the family of the kids. So hopefully we'll have some stuff on the uh, Afro.com and the Shadow League in the next few weeks or so pending clearance from their legal team because um, you can't stop until you get to the bottom of this because nobody deserves to go through this, especially when they don't have to. And this culture of uh, demeaning human beings to build them up as college athletes is despicable. And I hope that Rick Court gets what he deserves, the strength and conditioning coach that got his $350,000 payout and was told to go away. There's some accountability there because he was one of the biggest culprits in this thing. Well, like I said, a, a lot to uh, unpack in that situation, and we will in the near future. But I want to thank you for spending part of your time, and we we will visit more frequently, of course. But football season upon us, man, it's uh, it's hey, great no, to have a uh, conversation. Big ups, big ups to Charles McClellan. Yeah, uh, I hate to see your alma mater lose their athletic director, but. Texas Southern's loss is definitely the SWAC's game, and uh, I certainly look forward to him bringing the uh, SWAC football championship game back to Houston, which is where it's supposed to be. Well, I tell you, you know, this: God, we, we talked to him for an hour and a half this morning. That'll be a part of a special podcast uh, that'll be posted probably uh, in the coming days, and, and you'll get a chance to hear uh, some of his vision for where, what direction the Southwestern Athletic Conference is headed in. But, yeah, a great selection. They couldn't have had a better selection uh, to lead up, lead up the, uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Well, when you got a town as great as Houston, that is the biggest uh, uh, media market in the conference, number four overall nationally, and you moved the game away. There were no smart heads in that office. 
And I think Charles will embrace Houston and get Houston to do a better job of whack. And I just can't wait to get back. Hey, man, we, we look forward to it. And we'll talk to you really, really soon, man. We certainly appreciate it. Appreciate you, bro. Much love. Now it's time for Why We Kneel. Feeling the chilling moments that led to a police officer shooting. I mean, ultimately, it's to bring awareness and make people... Colin Kaepernick kneeling to protest social injustice and police... Yet unsigned by any NFL team. He's fired. He's fired! Why We Kneel. On August 9, 2014, a call is placed to the police department in Ferguson, Missouri, citing a robbery in progress with two African-American men as the suspects. Those men were Dorian Johnson and Michael Brown. Officer Darren Wilson spotted Brown and Johnson and set up his SUV to block the men in traffic. An altercation took place between Brown and Wilson. Officer Wilson fired two shots, grazing Brown's thumb. Michael Brown fled and Wilson followed. When Brown stopped, he turned toward the officer and walked toward Wilson. Wilson fired a total of 10 shots on the street, at least six hitting Brown. He was fatally shot in the middle of the street. Brown was unarmed. His body laid in the street for four hours. A grand jury hearing was convened on August 20th to decide whether a crime was committed and if there were probable cause to believe this crime was committed by Wilson. On November 24th, this grand jury decided not to indict Wilson and that his force was defensible. This decision sparked protests and unrest for a total of three weeks and five days between August 3, 2014 and December 2nd, as well as the slogan, Hands Up, Don't Shoot, which is seen as a rallying cry against police violence. Darren Wilson supporters raised over half a million dollars to aid his family. He has said that he is unemployable as a police officer. Brown was 18 years old when fatally shot. Michael Brown, he is why we kneel. Now it's time for a segment that we call the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. This is where we recognize some stupidity in the world of sports. Mm, good. And, and this may be my softest Lamont Award. I, and I'm actually not. Maybe you can help me with who should get the Lamont Award in this situation. Okay. Are you familiar with the Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade beef? I am not. So essentially, Dwayne Wade's wife, person we talked about last episode, Gabrielle right. Union, she puts a picture on Instagram which let's just say is PG-13 to say the least. Okay. Soaking wet, and she, let's just say the wa water was cold. Okay. okay? I, right. I guess that's uh, was a good way to put it. All right. The water was cold on the picture, and it was a really nice. It says not nice to point. <laughs> well. That's what my mom always says. Oh, not uh, nice to point. Well, she's pointing. <laughs> see, see, there's always somebody taking a step too far. <laughs> I, you said she was wet. I said she was pointing. People can get the picture. Okay. Well, anyway. Jimmy Butler, teammate and friend of both Gabrielle Union and Wayne Wade, responded to the picture by saying, in all caps, well, damn. And Dwayne Wade replied with mine. And then uh, I guess Jimmy Butler put a picture up and he said, the good, the bad, and ugly, a.k.a. some, some name. Dwayne Wade responded with, put well, damn, and caps on my wife's photo again, and you're going to see what the good, the bad, and the ugly is like. Nah, but you got to read it like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's angry. Like, put well damn in, my, in all caps on my wife's photo again, and you're going to see the good and bad and the ugly. That's how he would have said it. And, Paraphrase. And then he says, uh, uh, and so Jimmy Butler says, well, well, damn, that took a wrong turn quick. <laughs> or, or something to the fact that that escalated quick. So here's, here's the deal. So now help me, because initially my initial response 
to this was a positive response to your wife's photo, but your wife put out a very seductive bikini photo, which again, the caption is appropriate. Well, damn, wow. That's, that's the natural response to that. So you are mad at him for appreciating an image that your, your a response that essentially your wife would probably appreciate. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I don't want to be sexist and I don't want to presume what, what women want, but when you put out a nice, seductive photo, uh, or maybe not even, if not seductive, or nice. Suggestive. I don't even know if it's suggestive. No, but come nice. on. Like, okay, I know we in the PC thing, but I mean, she put this up because you like, I look good. Like, damn, I look good. Yeah, and you would you would presume she didn't put this out because she thought it was a bad photo. Of course not. And so she would appreciate positive feedback. So for that reason, I was going to give Dwayne Wade the Lamont Award. Mm -hmm. However, if you think about it deeper, well, they're boys. They've been on vacation together. They've been teammates. They're friends. When he found out he got traded, he was with the Dwayne Wade and Gabriel Union on vacation. I don't think this is a serious thing. I think that they all, they joke around. They've been, uh, the three of them have been joking with this whole thing for a minute. They know each other well. But I'm starting to think, well, is Jimmy Butler the Lamar Award recipient? Because you just don't do that. You Everybody yeah. has friends where they wives be like, whoa, or their girlfriend's like, wow, whoa, she got it going on. But I'm not going to say, whoa, like if, right. we, if we collectively saw somebody in the club, I'm like, who is that? Whoa. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, at first I was with, with giving Dwayne Wade the Lamar Award, but you're right, because you can have friends with an attractive wife. But you don't be looking at him like, dang, like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not <laughs> you know? your teammate, not your friend, no, not somebody that's like, been oh, on. That's a nice picture. Oh, you you know, you know, look good. You know, something like that, something. But not like, well, damn. like you <laughs> right, know, right, right, right. In all caps, like, so, that's, that's inappropriate. So we are going to get a Lamont Award to who? Jimmy Butler, Houston's on, A-Leaf, SWAT, A-Leaf, Texas, no, baby. No, Tomball. Uh, well, he, Rashad, Rashad, that's right, you're right. Yeah, I, 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 I thought he went to... Taylor, but I forgot he went to Tom Bond. No, that that was, those were the Bennett. Bennett, so you're right. I'm sorry. I got him confused. But yeah, You want to claim him. But, I mean, I'm still giving him the Big Dummy Award, so he, he congratulations. You don't – guys, I know it's social media. Do but people not, can read it. <laughs> yeah, people can read it. They can see your likes. Please, when you see your friend's wife, and she's looking attractive, and you want to say something. say the least. She looks good. She looks really good. If you want to say something – First of all, don't. But if after a while you thought about oh, you it, you can say nice photo. You know, well, I, I, hey man, I see your wife looking nice or something like. Uh, acknowledge that the man is mm -hmm. is in the picture or yeah, in the, yeah. in the kudos in, to Dwayne Wade. Yeah, yeah, like hey Dwayne, I see you and your girl. You know, something like that. That's a respect. Or just say wow. She, you know, not even don't say wow. It's like <laughs> oh nice photo right. or uh, looking good or looking nice or. Something, but or it's just, definitely not in all caps. No, or just enjoy the picture in the privacy of your own phone. <laughs> like, like just, just enjoy. It. You know, if you don't say nothing, you know, maybe she'll be inspired to post more pictures. I don't know. I don't know whatever your motivation is, but just keep it to yourself. I've been listening to Backstabbers, man. You know, the OJs, man. Mm -hmm. The old I get Smiling the in your face. Yeah. All the time they want to take your place. Yeah, showing up to my house. for no, And I'm not there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, well, you know. I guess I agree with you. And for that reason, Jimmy Butler and by nose, by nose, because Dwayne you Wade was are doing the a big dummy. dummy. You big dummy. Now it's time for birthdays. Want to take a look at some celebrity birthdays in the world of sports and a couple of uh, 
birthdays from anybody on Facebook, YouTube, anybody that hit us up. A couple of them I noticed, and I want to uh, give them a shout out. I know you have one as well. Uh, happy, happy birthday to Roberto Clemente. The late, great Pittsburgh Pirate died during a humanitarian uh, effort for uh, to help uh, a country in South America. One of my, my grandfather's favorite baseball player was what my mother told me. And so, uh, happy birthday to him. Magic Johnson with a birthday. What? Magic, is this work? He, he's a medical miracle and a multi-millionaire. Great businessman, and he got LeBron. Only person to beat Larry Bird and AIDS. Like, it's just awesome. HIV. HIV, yeah. Because, I mean, this is not detectable. And so, he's going to think, and again, you got LeBron James. Life is looking good. It's Dodgers, you know up and down a little bit, but they're still be in the mix when it's all said and done. Happy birthday to Magic. Tim Tebow, happy, happy birthday. Baseball career was going great until he got injured, right? I think he got injured again. I think again. so. I always see him, like, everybody's always talking about the, the woman he's with or whatever. That's all I see about Tim Tebow. Yeah, and yeah, and that, the fact that he's not consummated that because again, of his value. Amen. <laughs> what? Okay, I got you. Chris Dishman, the only reason why I mentioned him because I, hey. I, I know Chris, and, and you know, when we know each other, not, we're not boys, nothing like that. Yeah, he was part of, that, part of the, the oil thing, and that's a Houston oil thing. Yeah, that's Johnny that's Davis, uh, you remember him? Black guy, uh, speed skater. skater. Yeah, yeah, okay. And Pete Sampras, happy, happy birthday to him. I want to wish a million to one, Juan Flores. Uh, Jazz Latino and formerly KTSU, a Houston radio personality, a good friend of mine, taught me about Eddie Palmieri and Tito Puente and uh, who was my other guy? My other guy that he always talks about. Ah, I forget, but that's my Latin jazz guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, happy, happy birthday. Tender Brenda wanted me to make sure I wish him a happy birthday. And you have one as well? Uh, yeah, I want to say happy birthday to Gary Wells. Uh, Gary is a guy I, I talked about a couple weeks ago uh, when he, he got a liver transplant uh, that he had been waiting on. And today is his birthday. And so he's still recovering, and uh, but he's celebrating a birthday. So happy birthday, Gary. Happy, happy birthday for everybody. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Everybody sing with me now. Just for the birthday, people. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Happy birthday, happy birthday. With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, I want to remind you guys that coming up soon, possibly next weekend, we will be having a live remote. I was supposed to happen today. We had some issues with management, and so we weren't able to work that out. But the 25th is what we're looking at in the city of Houston. We'll have a location maybe uh, in the coming days. So look for those things. Look for me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. And also on Twitter at Wade's Word. Any final thoughts from you? Uh, just, guys, keep listening. Keep sharing. We, we appreciate every listen. We appreciate every comment, uh, be they good or bad. Uh, we always can use those to grow. But again, if you don't, don't keep us a secret. Don't keep us as your little secret. Just be willing to share the wealth, man. Spread the love. That's right. iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcast. Want to thank you guys so much. And as always, have a great day. Damn, DJ I go by the name of Drummer Boy, aka D Boy Fresh. And right now I'm with the DJ who plays all of his Chicago's on DJ Malone.
Service swerving on the highway and I'm doing about it. I can see no haters talking, but they do not fix. So I done got it out the mud. That's that that me. That's that that me. That's that that me. I done got it out the mud. That's that that me. That's that that me. That's that that me. I done got it out the mud. That that me. It made me. I didn't ate up out that mud and it tastes like gravy. All I try to do is 54 into a baby. All I wanna do is 54 to feed my babies. See, I know these watching any hate me. Cause I came from nothing. Now this kid done made it. See me pulling in the projects and then I later. See your eye candy, I eat her like annihilator. Chopper, 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 daddy, make them percolate. Real chopping down the block just like a Creeping with your demo lit Service swerving on the highway And I'm doing my dick I can see no haters talking But they do not fix so I done got it out the mud That's that that me That's that that me That's that that me I done got it out the mud That's that that me That's that that me That's that that me I done got it out the mud I go by the 